0: Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. I have some interesting and good podcast news for you. I'll start with uh, the most important fact. I uh, have managed to arrange, officially, an interview with our new president-elect. Well, he will be inaugurated president a bit later, but he's been elected, Edgar Strinkevich, and um, he is also the very first openly gay president in the EU and all of NATO countries. I have a lot of questions to ask him. And thankfully, he's um, also, I think, our first president since Weyrovich Freyberg in a long time, that's actually fluent in English. So we're going to have an interesting conversation, and I'm, well, to be honest, very worried and excited about it. I will take my time and prepare very carefully. But yeah, if you have any questions that you would like to ask, let us know, Border at gmail.com. That's the email. Or better yet, you could join our Discord channel, The links are on Twitter, on Facebook, and everywhere. Or just PM me on Twitter uh, and and just follow me on Twitter and I just post links there. Our Discord community is very active. We just had um, a talk last night. A bunch of people joined. It was interesting. And uh, I made a virtual tour around Riga, which is fun. So, hey, you can just go on there. You can also argue with anyone about anything on my Discord channel. We don't ban people, so that's cool um what else oh yeah flying fpv drones rules i like it i um, i, I need to get good enough before i go back to ukraine in in, in july to uh, to actually be able to do stuff it's gonna take a bit of effort but again we'll manage but that's about the podcast news now on the episode For starters, I'm pretty sure you will read and hear all over the place about the new events in the Belgorod oblast. Now, to tell you the truth, they are important, but I kind of don't want to touch that subject because I know some things about this whole Belgorod region that I really want to talk about, but I can't. And you'll understand why later. It's just one of those things where I was given some information that I can't share, and... And just not even mistakenly uh, to say anything, you know, bad or, or to do something, you know, that I shouldn't be doing. I'd rather just avoid this subject. You'll read all the official data anywhere else. That's probably going to be the only thing you guys hear about the war anyways. So I'll have to skip this one. But when the time comes, you'll get the best, most in-depth explanation of this attack, previous attack, and what it all led up to. Trust me on that one. However, that doesn't mean I don't have things to tell you. I have a bit of a collection of, um, well, things that you will definitely won't be able to hear anywhere else. Because the mess that is Russia and how it's continuing to deteriorate and what's happening there is, um, well, increasingly getting even weirder. Even weirder than it used to be. For starters, if you remember the biolabs, then we have something else for you. Biolabs are old news. RIA Novosti published a video report where people in Balaklavas talk about the University of Washington. Uh, they don't mention whether it's D.C. or whether it's the state university. No one knows. University of Washington. Your guess, which one is it? Which apparently breeds combat insects and was the first experiment on locusts. If you guys know uh, University of Washington that breeds insects and experiments on locusts, let me know. Also, Panda, please stop eating the, the microphone wire. That would be nice. Thank you. And um, from their report, uh, I, I learned that, uh, quote, There is an abandoned room where a large amount of sawdust with sand was found by the Rio Novus, guys, apparently, which is a substrate for the cultivation of larvae. And also the bags of salpiter were found, apparently. And the specialists consulted explained that locusts are afraid of the smoke of burning salpiter. This led to the conclusion that locusts had been sent to specific destinations with a smokescreen. So what was found is how basically um, Ukrainians apparently use combat locusts in battle and they are grown and bred in Washington. And they do it by smokescreen, of course. Quote, The larvae of these locusts of the same age came out in July. It's last July. This too indicates that the origin of these locusts is not natural. Yeah. Robot locusts are clone locusts from hell. Or Washington. Which one? No one knows. Not on the same level of fantasy, because these news of random stuff are just getting weirder by the day, Shoigu, we haven't mentioned him in a while, says Russian troops hit another Patriot missile system in Kiev. Um, You know, I used to calculate how many Marses they've destroyed. Right now I'm going to talk about how many Patriots they've destroyed, because I think Ukraine only has one, and then it has eight launch batteries, but... Reality has never disturbed him. Sergei Shoigu said that Russian troops hit a U.S.-made Patriot missile defense system in Kiev in recent days. Again, the same Ria Novosti reported. Speaking on a conference call with journalists, Shoigu added that the Ukrainian military lost at least 16,000 soldiers and more than 400 units of equipment in May. He also said that Russian forces intercepted and destroyed. 196 HIMARS missiles, Mars missile systems even, it says it's weird, 16 HARM missiles, and 29 Storm Shadow Cruise missiles. I I think he speaks about HIMARS missiles, except that this, uh, you know, the newspaper where I got uh, the English version of this article apparently made a mistake there. But, you know, Ukrainian authorities do not comment on Shoigu's statements, but um, kind of interesting. Yet another Patriot gun, except of course it isn't, and uh, I, I'm giving them some charity uh, here when I claim that they probably claim they destroyed 196 high-marses, not high-mars missile systems, because that would be just a bit much even for them. But Yevgeny Prigozhin is once again in the center of, of everything. See, Wagner Group founder visited the writer and politician and war criminal and donathal an Zahar Prilepin in a hospital in Nizhny Novgorod. Uh, let me remind you that um, Zahar Prilepin was the guy who was sort of ish exploded with a landmine and he climbed out and it was all of a big mess. Well, this guy, he's sadly still alive. Prigozhin stopped in Nizhny Novgorod after traveling to Yekaterinburg, Vladivostok and Novosibirsk. And yeah, Priljepin's been there since um, early May. Prilipin told the publication Daily Storm that he spoke to Prigozhin about, quote, Russia's fate and the essence of power during his visit. Prilipin said, quote, We exchanged extremely frank thoughts that Ukrainians didn't just learn how to fight, but also they want to fight. For now, it remains a mystery what exactly our country thinks about this. According to the Daily Storm, and this is why I picked this news because Prilipin is still alive and Prigozhin's a hero of everything, but this is going to be something special. Prigozhin gifted Prigozhin a <coughs> spare skull. Yeah, it's it's apparently perfectly normal that, you know, wounded journalists and and Prygozin and everyone else just carries around random skulls with them. Cool. Well, Prigozhin gave Prigozhin a quote, um, hand-embroidered case for a sledgehammer. I I did not did not say anything wrong. These guys are both war-, war criminals, they are terrorists, and they, when they meet to show their love for each other, one of them gives the other a skull, because, you know, obviously a man needs to have a skull at his home, and the other gives Prigozhin hand-embroidered sledgehammer case. I mean... I would say this doesn't get sillier than this, but... um, Yeah. <laughs> you just wait. For starters... Russia's government's public services portal, Gosuslugi, has sent users... Gosuslugi is the same thing where you pay your bills and, and where you can get conscripted to the army. They have sent users a message offering them free access to a book called Poem Z of the Russian Summer. And I've seen this being reported. I haven't seen the book myself, but uh, I really want to, though. The book is described as containing poems and verse by modern Russian authors about the tragic events in the Donbass that began in 2014. The message also includes an excerpt of a poem by Donetsk poet Anna Revyakina. Quote We shed our tears at night so the children won't see A tin base of these tears for washing hair What will they say about us later? We lived, we fought We fought to end war forevermore This is getting mental by the moment But again, this is Russia Welcome to insanity, this war is getting crazier by, by the time. For starters, again, Prigozhin and Ramzan Kadyrov, who used to be allied against Shoigu, they've switched sides a bit. And now these guys are openly, let me remind you, Ramzan Kadyrov is um, leader of Chechnya, very dumb person, he runs his Chechen-organized um, group of Kadyrovtsy, basically subservient to him. And you know, he's basically a vassal of Putin, but not much else. And hates local traditions. Meanwhile, Prigozhin has his own private army, and they're But they both are on the same side, and they are both very influential and powerful people. Okay, so now that you know this, although they both are stupid, but now that you know this, consider the following: Respend, uh, because Yevgeny Prigozhin made some remarks about the Chechen battalion Ahmad, about how they're TikTok warriors and all this not all this nonsense. A bit. What even was said on that? It doesn't matter, he just criticized them that they haven't been fighting in the front lines, and that was one of those super usual things that I didn't even bother mentioning, but um, the response, however, to this triggered something. So Yevgeny Prigozhin criticizes the Chechens, and um, then State Duma deputy Adam Delmchanov, who is an ethnic Chechen allied with uh, Damzan Kadyrov, of course, recorded a telegram video message to Prigozhin, telling him to tone down his statements about military in general and this Chechen regiment in particular. Then, on May 31st, Prigozhin's question and answer service published his reply to a media query about Ahmad battalion and whether it could successfully occupy the so called Donetsk Republic. Prigozhin shared an opinion that Ahmad may have enough power to occupy certain locales, but hardly all of the Donetsk People's Republic. In his reply video, the Yuhanov assured Prigozhin that Ahmad is meeting the goals set by the commander in chief, that is, by Vladimir Putin. Of course, Evgeny, you do not understand this and you do not need to understand. If there is something you don't understand, you can get in touch anytime and name the place where we can meet you and explain this like real men, whatever it is you don't get. Now, obviously, a gosduma deputy just called Prigozhin for a fistfight, which is a bit crazy. Denimhanov then, then went on to criticize Prigozhin for negative publicity about the Russian military and its ammunition shortages, pointing out that unlike Wagner group, Ahmad's commanders never complained about being short on anything. Not, not from myself, um, they also haven't done anything. There are two types of Chechens. One, one, one group is volunteers, they sometimes fight. Then there's Kadyrov's personal guard, they never fight and they're just TikTok warriors. Rimkanov concluded with, quote, Enough with your talk, with all this yelling and screaming. Name the place where we're going to see each other and we will settle any questions you have face to face. As Ramzan Kadyrov says, enough already. Now, another Chechen parliament uh, person Magomed Daudov, another close associate with Ramzan Kadyrov, criticized Prigozhin's public statements in a very similar vein. Quote, You needn't know, Yevgeny, about our cap- capabilities and our goals. This is something that our commander and commander-in-chief who determines those goals know about, together with the republic's head. Hero of Russia, mind you, he also has this one, Ramzan Kadyrov. Like Hanov this guy, rebuked Prigozhin for his daily statements that, quote, so a mood of panic, among our country's population, inviting him to send the coordinates for quote-unquote meeting as men do. Because that's what Chechens do. But the problem is that Prigozhin, um, yeah, he follows these prison laws. By the way, Chechens are one of the very few people inside all of post soviet sphere who do not follow this because they have their own internal tribal structure with tapes and all this stuff. Tape as in their term for their family clan thing. So they don't care about these prison stuff things. Therefore, they both come from totally opposite sides. But uh, Prigozhin can't leave this as is. So now we have two guys on the same side exchanging pleasantries. Because Prigozhin, of course, couldn't keep his mouth shut and couldn't just swallow it. He he responded. And also Wagner Group's military commander, Dmitry Utkin, who never speaks at all, anywhere, at all. Like, this is the first time I've seen him being written about something. He also responded. I'll start with... um, I'll start with Dmitry Utkin's response, and he's like the military commander of Wagner Group. Quote, We are already in a World War III. In response to the current events, I completely agree. Certain citizens must be put up against the wall for the shame that they brought. PMC Wagner has never, doesn't, and will not, oh, that's in all caps, panic. We solve any problems that arise using the methods available to us, which do not contradict Russian laws and the Constitution. Where did such familiarity that you approach us come from? Who gave you the right to refer to Prigozhin informally? We didn't receive any planes, helico- helicopters, or MLRSs from you. Utkin also added that he's ready to talk man to man, and that he's known his Chechen counterparts, counterparts since the First and Second Chechen Wars. Because Ramzi- Ramzan Kadyrov's forces, this Ahmad Battalion, they basically yeah, they fought for the Chechens in the First Chechen War, and then in the Second Chechen War, Ramzan Kadyrov became a betrayer of his own people, and he lacks any respect in that society, so yeah, this is a nice little jab at that. And what Prigozhin said himself, quote, Prigozhin responded to this by saying he doesn't see anything wrong with his comments about the Ahmad battalion and added that, quote, in regard to my location, all those involved in this discussion know my confidential phone numbers very well and are able to connect with me. That also shows, you know, Prigozhin just writing this off, uh, but, um, we're in an interesting conflict, since these both men, yeah, you know, if if Gyrkin yells at, at Putin, then Putin just ignores it, but, um, and if these guys, or even the Club of Angry Patriots, yell at uh, someone smart, or intelligent at least, or at least knowing how to be one, they also just mostly ignore it. But these both guys, Ramzan Kadyrov is used to telling people uh, to apologize to him, or he kidnaps people and, and forces like, even, even the highest Supreme Court judges on, of Russia to do his bidding, because you know he's dumb and an evil person. And Prigozhin, yeah, he won't, shut, he won't shut up or step down either. So, um, if previously there were conflicts between this, here's another one. And both of these guys are very angry at this. this. So, of course, Girkin and everyone else is yelling that they should stop, but, um, well, (sighs) we're going to have to end this episode of uh, Prigozhin's Next Adventures on a bit of a cliffhanger. Prigozhin's Next Adventures, I suppose, is in the same uh, series as Girkin and Pals, because it's getting crazy. And finally, finally for this episode, we have a monthly update of state of Putin's administration instructions to state-run media. Because, well, obviously, I get sent those, and this is funny. These are for June. Basically, drone attack. Putin administration instructed every state media to frame Tuesday morning's drone attacks on Moscow and and the Moscow region. They they gave instructions about this. And the Kremlin told the outlets to take the following approaches about any drone attacks, anything like that, that could happen to Moscow, and anything bad that happens. Cold. First of all, successful work of air defense forces must be noted. Focus on that. They also are ordered to report that the reaction from federal services and the city and the regional authorities was immediate and that their work was high quality and focused. The goal that, uh, the, the goal that uh, must be achieved is that... Um, should focus, we should focus on the word provocation from Ukrainians. And these are instructions the Kremlin gives out to, to its media, just so you know. And another interesting point that Kremlin says is, quote, stressed that the attack was intended to have a psychological effect, but that the residents demonstrated calm and restraint. The Putin's administration guide also says that if propaganda outlets quote comments made by Tuesday by State Duma deputy Alexander Kinstein, Center for Development of, of Transport Technologies head Alexey Rogozhin, or former DNR defense minister Igor Strelkov, they should portray them in a negative light. Of course, Strelkov gets portrayed in a negative light all in all, but now even Rogozhin has taken a bit of a beating. See, Kinstein, however, published a list of sites in the Moscow region where downed drones fell, and call it Russia's new reality. Rogozhin, at the same time, had spoken to reporters about what types of drones may have been used in these attacks. Uh, I still kind of think it's a false flag attack, but still, these guys weren't in on it. And Strelkov wrote on Telegram that Moscow mayor Sergei Sobyanin was, quote, urgently, form, urgently firming groups to be sent to Donetsk, Horlivka and Shebeniko to familiarize themselves with the experience instructions in those cities, the experience themselves, like uh, experienced institutions in those cities, have had under conditions of the negative impact of drones. Sorry, but um, I spoke. Mm. So these guys spoke that uh, drone attacks on Russia, whether or not false flag or not, is just a bad thing. And now, now everyone has to say that these guys are, you know, evil and not doing things properly. But um, again, this is kind of, kind of weird. I still, by the way, hope to get the, my access, my hands on this uh, this weird poetry group, p- poetry book that, that's been given out by, by people, which is a bit crazy, since all of this is just strange. No, seriously, I'd like to transfer all of this uh, stuff to English and just do something fun about it, but uh, oh, I'm not sure that someone really will basically do something about it, so... Gonna have to search for all this situation. Oh, and finally, just to end on a more positive note. Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan said in a recent interview with the Czech TV network CNN Prima News that apparently his country is not an ally to Russia when it comes to the war with Ukraine. And they are in a united kind of defensive alliance there. Quote, You said that we are Russia's allies. You didn't say it out loud, of course, but I think it was evident. But we are not Russia's allies in the war with Ukraine. And our feeling about this war, about this conflict, is alarm, because it directly impacts all our relationships, said Pashinyan. He went to say that uh, while the West views Armenia as one of Russia's partners, Moscow can see that Yerevan does not support the war in Ukraine. Quote, The result is that we are nobody's allies in this situation, and that makes us vulnerable. We're evasive not because we don't have an opinion on the situation, but because of what I already said. We have a lot more problems, and they prevent us from being more involved with other issues, said Pashinyan. And then he later stated that this interview was recorded in May. And, of course, they have a lot of problems. They're dealing with the the Nagorno-Karabakh issues and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, just saying, if if you hear something about Armenia, that's a bit strange once again. Anyways, I will now be focusing on the interview with Lavian President. Please follow me on Twitter. I can't post the Discord link here because it expires in a while and I'm not that good at it. I just know how to talk there. Please follow me on Twitter. Just Google up my name and surname, Christophe Sandres on Twitter, and you'll find it. And uh, come join us on Discord. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Or, you know, uh, you could go to theeasternborder.lv and click the donate button there for a one-time donation, which is going to be used well, I suppose. But for now, lots of things. Please, again... Yet like, I think third reminder, do send me the questions that you'd like to ask or some subjects, subjects that I do you think I should talk about with the with our new president and um well, I'm still a bit nervous. At any rate, the Sidanya Tvarishi? as always remember, happiness is mandatory.